I'm out and about in Ulsford, a beautiful little sort of town, village in Winchester. I'm with the boys. We're going for a nice, lovely walk. And in today's podcast, we are going to be talking about a personal knowledge management system. Sounds geeky. It is. I love this stuff. And with the personal knowledge management system, then hopefully you can gather all those things that you're learning, crunch them, contribute, and do all sorts of other cool stuff, which we'll get into in this podcast. So what is a personal knowledge management system? Well, in a nutshell, it's often referred to as a PKM, as a personal knowledge management, or a PKMS, as a personal knowledge management system. I'm just going to refer to it as a PKMS throughout this podcast. And essentially what it is, it's a collection of sort of processes and tools that allow somebody to gather information, store it, classify it, you know, archive it and find it again. That's one of the key things. And what this does is it allows you to sort of build your knowledge base because let's face it, you can go on Google and you can find anything that you want to. Let's say you're learning about marketing. You can go on Google, you can find that stuff super easy, but just finding things Just being able to go online and actually find information doesn't mean we actually know it. I often describe knowledge as information in action. So it's the information that we gather from blogs, from books, from videos, from podcasts, from conferences, wherever it is, whatever it is that you're studying, and then crunching that and then putting it into action there's four parts to it. Part number one is all about capture. So this is about capturing information. The next step is to curate it and then we're going to crunch it. Then we're going to contribute it in whatever way makes sense for us. Don't worry, I'm going to go into each one of these in detail throughout this podcast. So why use APKMS? Well, it's really important in today's world that we're able to put into action the things that we're learning, the things that we're reading, the things that we are studying so that we can become better, we can become more valuable, we can become cleverer, we can become smarter. I mean, that's the philosophy really behind it is to be constantly learning, getting better and then contributing that back so that we can help other people, we can help our business. And of course, we should hopefully see that reflected in our growth, in our career, in our business, in whatever it is that we're doing in our careers. So the first step to a PKMS is all about capture. We've got to find that information somewhere. Now I'm going to mention a series of tools and of course these will be available in the show notes and throughout this everything pretty much ends up in my tool of choice which is Evernote. Now of course you could use Apple Notes, you could use Google, you could use all sorts of different ways to store your information but for me Evernote just allows a sort of multitude of different formats and different sort of uh, notes and ideas, you know, handwritten pictures, you name it, I can capture everything. So when we're talking about capture, essentially everything that I feel like I want to learn, I want to crunch, I want to contribute, it ends up in Evernote. So the first thing though, before we jump into capture is to point out that PKMS, the P stands for personal, and it's taken me a very long time to get to what I'm going to share with you today. And I hope this does help you. I hope it inspires you. But of course, it's a journey that you need to make. You need to make it personal. So what works for me might not work for you. So for me, these sorts of things, for example, might come from a conference. I like to go to conferences. So whilst I'm listening to a conference speaker, I tend to take handwritten notes, mostly because it's really frustrating for everybody else if you're tapping away on a keyboard. And also just taking notes by hand, it helps me learn. You know, I tend to learn things much better, much deeper, much richer when I use handwritten notes. So I'll have a little notebook and I'll scribble away some notes, probably the speaker's name, the topic, and all those kind of ideas that come out. I generally tend to use a mind map for this. So central idea and then little nodes that come off it uh, for the things that are interesting, for things that I wanna learn. 
I often do a huge amount of research on the internet, so of course, articles that I find interesting. I can clip through the browser plugins. And a really interesting part of this is I can clip the sort of condensed, simplified version of the article, so it strips all the adverts and all the nonsense that a lot of websites have. So therefore, I get this nice, clean piece of information. I read a lot of books, so I tend to read proper physical books if I can. So of course, I'll make notes in the margins. And then what I tend to do is I go through and I take pictures of those notes, those underlines, those highlights, whatever it is that I've jotted in the book. If I'm reading on my Kindle, then of course, I'm gonna capture all of the things straight into the Kindle clippings, connect that to the laptop every so often, and then just, of course, move those over to Evernote, so they're in there. I'm one of these sorts of people that carries a notebook everywhere, so I'm always scribbling down ideas, and actually sometimes just open up the Evernote app on the phone and start collecting things, things that I've observed, things that just come to my mind, things that are interesting, things that you know maybe I wanna turn into a podcast or a blog post or a video. So essentially everything that I want to capture, photos, text, PDFs, websites, you name it, ends up in Evernote. Once it's in Evernote though, it doesn't mean I've learned it. In fact, actually the thing is we can hoard as, as much information as you really kind of want. I mean, these tools, they've almost got a unlimited capacity to store if you pay enough money for it, of course. So it's not about just gathering stuff off the web or gathering stuff from your notebooks and then just leaving it there. We've got to do something with it. So that's why we move on to the curate stage. Now in Curate, what I'm doing here is I'm gonna revisit those things that I've captured and I'm gonna actually ask a few critical questions. The kind of questions I'm gonna ask are, do I still value this piece of information or do I wanna delete it? You know, sometimes I'm gonna capture a web page that I think is interesting. I look at it again in maybe a week's time. I just don't want it anymore, so I end up deleting it. If I do want it, then I move it into a dedicated folder, which is things to crunch, and we'll come on to crunching things in a minute. Another question I tend to ask is, will I need to refer back to this again? Do I want to keep this, but I don't actually want to crunch it? Maybe it's for reference. Maybe it's just something interesting that I think I might need in the future. In which case, I tend to move this into a folder called Commonplace, which I've created in Evernote. Now in here is a basically, it's just a giant archive of everything I've crunched, but also those things that I'm not going to crunch. I've just curated them, think it might be useful in the future, stick it in the Commonplace folder. Now, of course, the naming conventions, these are just things I've come up with. Commonplace is based on this idea of a commonplace book. Some of the greatest artists and clever minds and people who are way, way, way more intelligent than me use these things called commonplace books. And in these books, we're essentially everything to do with their life. It's just a storage of all the thoughts, ideas, articles, you name it. Everything ended up there, so I've just copied that. You can call it whatever you wish. So in a sense, what I'm doing with Curate is I'm asking questions about whether I wanna actually keep this information. Do I wanna keep it? Do I wanna crunch it? Or do I just wanna delete it? Capture a lot of stuff that sometimes just adds no value. So that's the goal here with the curation phase. Do I wanna process this piece of information or not? Are we nearly there yet? Nope. Are we nearly there yet? Nope. Are we nearly there yet? No. Are we nearly there yet? No. Are we nearly there yet? No. No. Are we nearly there yet? No. Are we nearly there yet? No. Are we nearly there yet? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You still with me? I hope so, because we're moving on to crunching. Now, this is really where the deep learning comes in. So I've captured a load of information, I've curated it, and now, hopefully, in Evernote, I have a series of things that I actually want to crunch. Now, crunching to me is about assimilating, it's about accommodating it, it's about adding it to my sort of knowledge base, to my skill set, to my mind, basically. So here's a few core subjects I'm actually studying. 
communication, management, writing, publishing, and light therapy. I'm kind of interested in that as a topic. So I have these sort of themes of things I'm trying to learn. Now, of course, these will change. If I'm going for a new job, for example, and there's a whole new set of skills that I need, then that's going to be an area of focus for me. So in crunching, what I'm going to do is I'm going to revisit this article, book note, whatever it is that I've captured and curated, and I'm going to study it. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to add it to my knowledge base. I'm going to discount it if actually I completely disagree, or I'm going to change what I think about a subject. So for example, I really love nonverbal communication. So if I read an article that jars with something that I've actually been teaching, but it's backed by science and it's kind of like brand new, then I'm going to accommodate that into my learning. I'm going to shift what I already believe about this aspect of nonverbal communication, and I'm going to become smarter because of it. Another example is because I run my own business, I'm really sort of into marketing. I'm trying to you know, grow this podcast as well as my actual main business of management consultancy. So I'm going to read articles on marketing. And if there's a brand new way, for example, of doing a landing page, or I read something new about how to do a newsletter, then I'm going to crunch that information. I'm going to change the way that I operate. I'm going to actually change my behaviors. I'm going to do something different because I've studied it. I've taken it on board. This crunching phase is essentially the learning part of this personal knowledge management system. How does this look in Evernote? Well, essentially in Evernote, for example, those topics I talked about, I have a folder in there and that's where all of my information resides. At this point, bear in mind, it's still information because unless you do change your behaviors, unless you change the way that you do things, you've not really necessarily learned something. We'll come on to that in future podcasts about the two different types of learning. There's information acquisition and then there's task acquisition, which is really a combination of two is where you need to be. You, you sort of read something, you learn something, then you put it into action and you see whether it works and you learn from that. That's true learning. So here in the moment in Evernote, I have these folders and it's just full of information. Now, for example, let's take that communication nonverbal example. I've learned something new. I'm going to mash it into my course and then I'm going to go and teach that course and teach this new thing. And I'll probably also explain to the delegates how I've sort of shifted and changed and how I believed one thing. But actually now there's this new research, this new evidence that suggests that this is actually how we should do stuff or this is what it means when somebody you know moves their arms in a certain way. So I'm always crunching, I'm always learning, I'm always changing. And that's the key thing to learning is taking in this information, curating it and then crunching it and actually changing yourself to be better. And the reason I keep stuff in Evernote, even though I've sort of changed the way that I think and the way that I sort of process or the way that I act, because I always want to refer back to this vast knowledge base of information, just so that I can, you know, reference things, I can use it in future articles or podcasts, I can actually then go back and actually study the notes again, which is a great way of learning, is to go back and find things, revisit them and see if there's something new there. So finally, we've done that crunching. We're now moving on to contribution. Now, for me, contribution is sort of the way that we actually take that stuff that we've learned and put it into action. I'll probably do this as part of the crunch anyway. But the contribution for me comes down to this idea that if I'm going to teach somebody how to do something, then I need to really, truly understand that topic. There's nothing like being able to teach somebody something because it means that you need to know that topic inside and out. In order to teach, we have to really deeply know our content, our study. Now, contribution might take many forms. If I'm a manager of a team, I maybe learn something new and I'll go and bring that thing into the office to the new team and we'll try maybe a new way of running a meeting. If it's a new marketing idea, then I'm going to try it. I'm going to contribute it by trying that thing and then hopefully teaching people how to do the same thing. Now, the key thing to contribution is sort of taking what you've learned, what you've crunched, 
and then finding out whether it actually works. This is a critical thinking part. There's so much information on the internet that is frankly wrong. I see stuff every day that if people implemented it, they'd probably not have a job. What I see on the internet is a huge amount of advice from people who don't actually have the experience. They've just merely read something and now they're contributing it back with authority when they haven't actually tried it. And the key thing here is that everything that we learn on the internet, everything that we learn from books, everything that we read in a, you know, an article online or we listen to on a podcast, we've got to try it for ourselves because our context is different. We're all very different. And the more that we try it, the more we can learn what doesn't work, what does work. How can you mash that with what you already know? What things are missing? And that's the beauty of contribution. By trying it, by putting it into action, by contributing it back to you know friends, family, business, whatever. Because when we contribute it back, we deeply understand that topic further. Does it work? Does it not work? In which situations did this piece of advice work? In which situation didn't it work? How did I not implement it correctly? Did I implement it correctly and get different results? These are fascinating, critical questions we should ask about everything. So that's the contribution phase. It's about taking what we've learned, putting it back into society, into work, into our lives, and then deeply, deeply studying that even further. I've been a good boy tonight. Can I please just have an hour on Fortnite? I promise I'll do my homework right, but you can just have a quick blast on Fortnite. I've been a good boy tonight. Can I please just have an hour on Fortnite? 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 So there we have it. They're the four stages. We're going to capture some information. We're going to curate it so that our system of choice, whether it be Evernote or Apple Notes or whatever, doesn't just get full of random nonsense that we've captured. Because if all we're going to do is just store stuff, then we might as well just refer back to Google. We've got to process that. And that's that crunch stage, that crunching of information. What do we want to learn from it? How can we process it? How can we change the way we think about the world? Then the final part is contribution. So a few of the factors to consider with the PKMS is you've got to keep refactoring it. It's a personal knowledge management system. I fine-tuned my process for, you know, 10 to 15 years. Um, what used to work 10 years ago now doesn't work for me as an individual. So we've got to look at it. Does this process of learning, this capture, curate, crunch and contribute, does it still make sense? Are the tools that we're using still good tools? Are they still useful? Are they still working for us? So I'd encourage you maybe once every six months, once a year, whatever makes sense for you to come back to the PKMS and do I need to make this thing better? Now, the other thing to bear in mind is, is if you don't curate that information, then it's just going to be full of dross. It's going to be full of all sorts of stuff that you might not need. And it'll get so full and it'll get so big and gnarly that it'll be a little bit like the kid's toy box that we've got here. You look at it and you think, I've got to sort it. It's full of stuff that I don't play with anymore, but it's just so overwhelming. Now, the same thing can happen with your PKMS. So set yourself a regular schedule, maybe once a week, once a month, whatever it is, to go through the inbox or whatever folder you've got and curate that information. Because if you don't, it can get massively overwhelming. And that's the power of the PKMS is to have a process and a tagging system or folders or whatever it is that you're going to use so that you can process the information so that things in a certain folder mean a certain thing to you. You know, things that are still yet to be crunched, you should store them separate to things that have been crunched and assimilated into your brain. Really important, otherwise it just gets full of dross, full of uselessness, and it can be massively, massively overwhelming. 
The simple four-step model of capturing, curating, crunching, and then contributing. There's some information. We want to tease out some stuff from it. We want to accommodate it into our brain. We then want to learn it and be able to contribute it back, whether that's an exam, whether it's at work, whether it's in our own lives to become better. And that's the key to a learning system. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Cultivated Retreat podcast season one. If you want to join the mailing list and get goodness to your inbox every Wednesday, then check out cultivatedmanagement.com. You'll find all sorts of other stuff on there, resources, books, articles, links to the YouTube channel, links to the Here's an Idea Worth Playing With audio series, and of course, the online communication superpower workshop. Until next time, bye-bye.